But first up, very interesting segment now. We're going to talk about bail. There is an Ohio hearing in the Ohio legislature about a bill that will abolish bail, get rid of the whole concept. Joining us now, Executive Director of the American Bail Coalition, Jeff Clayton. Jeff, welcome. Thanks, Jack, for having me on. You know, it's a, um, I didn't know there was an American uh, Bail Coalition. Tell us, what, who are your members? What do you, what, what, tell us about the Bail Coalition. Absolutely. The American Bail Coalition is a coalition of uh, licensed insurance companies that underwrite criminal bail bonds throughout the United States. So when a bail bondsman writes a bond, uh, the insurance companies make sure they do it right, and they're ultimately liable if uh, if the suspect flees and uh, and the bond has to be paid. Interesting. So now, okay, a bill would abolish bail. I have mixed feelings on this because on the one hand, I say as a conservative, like you, as you may know, I was recently attacked, and I'm on pins and needles about whether the judge will let this not out of jail on bond. So in one sense, I say, boy, this is great, no more bail. But on the other side, I'm a libertarian, and I say, well, isn't bail good because, you know, we need to, uh, it's one of, it's essentially one of our constitutional rights, not directly, but indirectly. What do you say to that? Well, I think bail is a constitutional right directly. I mean, uh, you know, everybody has a right to bail. Uh, in most states, uh, their state constitutions say all persons shall be bailable by sufficient charities. Uh, and so I think it's important. And I think, you know, yeah, I mean, a lot of jurisdictions are saying we should get rid of bail and just lock everybody up. Uh, but, and that's not a good move either. And and I don't certainly trust the government okay, uh, there's state, in general. There's state and, constitutions uh, state, and state law. But is there a federal constitutional right to bail? What amendment would it be? Is there Supreme Court law on that I don't know about? Yeah, there is a federal right to bail, uh, and it's the Eighth uh, Amendment to the Constitution. Eighth Amendment, um, okay. The prohibition against excessive bail implies that there's a right to bail. I got it. So there is, under the Eighth Amendment, that's just something not well known. Not too many people pay attention to that. So would this Ohio bill, were it to pass, be unconstitutional? I don't think so, because basically their strategy here is not to lock anybody up, but just to turn everybody loose. And that's probably not unconstitutional, whether it's good public policy or not. Now, when you say abolish bail, I thought that meant keeping them in jail with – does that mean you keep them in jail pending their trial? Not under this bill. Uh, In some versions of bail reform, the argument, they just lock everybody up, but not under this one. All right, so this – tell us what this bill does. This bill basically would require judges to release people on non-monetary conditions of bail. In other words, check in with the government, be on probation, ah. uh, you know, put an ankle monitor on, all this sort of thing, rather than having to post a financial condition of bail. So this is a kind of liberal thing. Conservatives on the other side would want to do the opposite, keep them in jail, uh, keep them in jail pending trial with no bond. This is eliminating bail, but this bill creates a lesser standard where they can just get out with no money. Is that right? That's right, and I think you know the irony here is this is being run by a Republican. Why do you think they're doing that? What with this House Bill four thirty nine in Ohio? Do we what do we know about it? Why would a Republican do this? We don't know, frankly. Um, We you know there's been a couple of cases where a guy with baggy pants had to post bail and stayed in jail for some amount of time in the city of Dayton, which is the sort of the poster child story, uh, and that people are languishing. But we don't we don't understand the reason or the incentives as to why the sponsor is doing it. Why don't you tell us why bail and perhaps bail with bail bondsman, your members, is a is kind of a happy medium in the system. Why don't you tell us about the history of this? Why did we start with the idea of paying money to get out of jail pending your trial? Tell us about the history of bail. Well, and that's. You know, the history of bail dates back to biblical times and certainly the um, Magna Carta. 
uh, in the United States of America on this continent, financial conditions of bail have always been around. Uh, certainly bail bondsmen were an invention of the 20th century to help people who couldn't afford bail to get out and then to pay less than 100% and still have accountability. Uh, what does bail do? It helps you get away from the government uh, free from state interference while you're preparing for your defense. And that's why it's important because you don't want to be uh, put on basically probation before you're convicted. And that's sort of the movement in this country, so it, and certainly the movement in Ohio's bail reform bill. Okay, you're educating me. It seems that bail has always been a kind of happy middle ground where you say you're free from state influence, but yet the money ensures you will return for trial. It's kind of a happy medium, right? I think so, and the Supreme Court calls it selecting the jailer of one's choice, and that's really what it is. Uh, and the jailer of your choice has to agree to do it. So, okay, do you feel that bail bondsmen are under assault in other states? Is it only Ohio? Are you guys under legislative attack elsewhere? We are. Uh, California, New York, uh, certainly in Texas, Connecticut uh, last year. Uh, and I think, um, you know, it's really was sort of launched by former U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder. Ah. Movement to eliminate monetary conditions of bail, and so we're kind of cleaning up the mess still. Now, does Holder think? Does Holder argue there is a racial component to this? Have they gotten into that craziness, arguing that this is some that bail is somehow racist? Of course, they have. And the other, you know, the irony is the replacement to the to the bail system is to use a risk computer, like a artificial intelligence algorithm, and Holder's against that too. So I'm not sure. You know, it's sort of a nihilism thing, like. They believe in nothing. And it's it's interest, interesting word there, interesting word going to Nietzsche. I mean, but but how do you get people to return for trial? If there's, you're going to have more and more people skipping the country, going to Alaska, forcing U.S. Marshals to chase him down, uh, you know, like the guy in my case, if, if he were released and there were no bail, he'd go to Alaska. They probably wouldn't even follow him. Yeah, no, that's true. But that's not a consideration. It's all about decarceration. There's no other factor that matters at this point. Interesting. Decarceration. So let me ask you this. How large is your organization? How many bail bondsmen do you represent? Tell us a little bit about the bail bond industry in the United States for our viewers who don't know. Sure. There's about 15,000 bail agents that um, work um, you know, around the country to help folks get out of jail. There's four states that don't have commercial bail. In other words, you can't call a bail bondsman. You have to call a friend or family. Wow. What are those um, states? But, you know, we, what are those states? Um, Wisconsin, uh, Illinois, um, Massachusetts, Oregon, and Kentucky. And Massachusetts actually has one bail bondsman his grandfather did. So I guess there's sort of four now, or five-ish states that don't have commercial bail. Now, that's interesting because how would that work? I mean, usually bail works. You know, they'll set a uh, million dollars, you give 10%, bail bondsman puts up 900. Is that how that works? Yeah, generally the premium is around 10%. In some states it's 15 in some states it's less, just depending on the state. Do bail bondsmen usually make money? Is it a tough business? It would seem to me like you get leveraged. You can get really leveraged, and if you have two guys skip the country, you're in trouble. You can be, and certainly agents can can um, you know face bankruptcy if they post a big bond and, and the guy absconds, and certainly we've seen that happen over the years. I mean, uh, I can't remember the name of the Hollywood star, but um, skipped – the country and the bail bondsman ultimately had to pay three million dollars is the bounty hunter stuff is that real do people use bounty hunters or is that is that just television to track guys down it's real i, I would say it's not like it is on television um it's much more sophisticated uh it's much uh I, I would say informal for the most part 
is persuading people to go back to court rather than uh, you know breaking doors down and this sort of thing. Uh, but it does happen, and certainly bail bondsmen chase people all over the world. Is it legal to do that under U.S. law? Can you go? Are you allowed to physically retrieve someone? Isn't that kind of kidnapping? Yeah, now the Supreme Court has basically it is it is the same argument that I made before is the jailer of one's choice has the jailer has ultimate um power over the defendant and can break and enter property in order to arrest the person. Now the jailer, and, you, you mean know, the bail bond most, the bail bondsman essentially through his bail, agent has that power? Yes. And also in in many states, a private party, like let's say Jack posts bail for Jeff and Jeff takes off, Jack can go arrest Jeff. Now, when you say go arrest him, I just wonder what the scope of that is. Can I go after him with a gun? Uh, well, generally, I would say no, but you could use, um, you know, firearms and self-defense, and certainly you can use force to overcome. So I would have a right to. The person I would have a right to arrested. smash the door down of his house and go in and grab him. I mean, see, yes, these are and, interesting and questions. It will depend on the state as to whether you can break doors and what the rules are. I mean, it's, it, they're interesting legal questions. What if you break into somebody's house and they think you're, they fear deadly force and they shoot the bail bondsman? I mean, I don't know that you could accuse them of murder, right? I mean, it's an, these are all interesting right. legal questions. Yeah, Castle Doctrine, make my day, applies, so be careful. I mean, this is, uh, so what I'm trying to, I mean, and I, I, obviously I'm on your side. I want the bail bondsman to track these guys down. I want these guys to jail, but I'm just playing mm -hmm. devil's advocate here. And those are important questions. It's a danger. It can become a dicey, dangerous business. Absolutely. A bail bondsman was killed in Indianapolis last week. Star of the community. Oh. Uh, former NFL football player. I mean, it happens. What and, happened? You know, now, tell us briefly about that. What happened? Uh, he went to retrieve a suspect, and the suspect opened fire, uh, shot him oh. in the head. He, he was wearing a flak jacket, uh, but unfortunately, uh, he was tragically murdered. Let me ask you this. Where do you see, do you see the Congress getting involved in these issues? Do you see kind of, it would seem to me that I don't like to preempt state law as a conservative, but maybe if you have all these crazy bail conditions, is it time and would you guys support a kind of federal preemption here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see, um, you know, there be some federal regulation. I don't see it happening. Um, I do think the idea that we're going to use artificial intelligence in the criminal justice system it's something that the Congress should look at. And it's not just for bail. It's policing, sentencing, all this sort of thing that we're going to use these algorithms. And the algorithms are largely politically driven. And we need to bring that in, I think. And that's something the Congress should look at. You have only about 50 seconds remaining here in the time remaining. Tell us, how are you fighting the Ohio bill? Do you have lobbyists in Ohio? What are you doing? Take us behind the curtain. Sure. Uh, we're working through the Ohio Bail Agents Association. They do have lobbyists. A couple of the other companies that aren't part of the American Bail Coalition have lobbyists. We're talking to legislators, and certainly we're trying to educate um, uh, legislators, you know, on what the issues are. Uh, yesterday there was a hearing. Certainly we testified. We had, you know, 12 opposition witnesses, and certainly we're educating other uh, third-party organizations as well in terms of what this will mean for them, and, and they're concerned. The district attorneys are concerned. The judges are concerned. That this is going to be too costly. Well, keep up the good fight in Ohio. Jeff Clayton, executive director of the American Bail Coalition. If we're real lucky, we'll be able to have you back again as we will follow this issue on Behind the Curtain. We're coming up next.